pull up a bar stool. Man, I've got a geeky, geeky episode for you today. I'm going to have Andrew Foxwell, Director of Social for PPC Associates, on the show. And we're going to get into the nitty gritty. If you love talking about uh, ads and optimizing those ads and metrics and a lot of topics that a lot of people aren't talking about, digging into Power Editor, which you know my, my favorite subject, and uh, the new Facebook ad reports, boy, man, you're going to love this. Um, so make sure you check that out. There are a few uh, links. One in particular we mentioned. He did a guest post for me. That'll be in the show notes. Check it out. Uh, and now before we get going, just a really important reminder for you. I mentioned uh, not to just knock you over the head with this thing, but um, this has been released on Friday. So hopefully you're listening on Friday. I have recently released, uh, pre-released, FB Marketing Advanced University Power Editor Training Course. Okay, so it was a pre-release at half off, $73.50. Crazy amount of information in there with videos and articles. You can subscribe to daily updates so that you can keep yourself, hold yourself accountable. And beginner to expert, everything's in there. So anyway, I mentioned this because it, it, the prepay is about to expire as soon as I get the whole thing available launched on the site I'm, ho- I'm hoping to do that very very soon uh, hopefully when you're listening to this at least the first two sections will be up they're gonna be four plus a bonus so it's an incredible value check it out in the show notes of course all right so pop a bottle let's do it Hey everybody, John from JohnLoomer.com and John Loomer Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast where each week I invite a different friend to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. This week, real happy to have on the show my friend Andrew Foxwell, Director of Social for PPC Associates. How's it going, my friend? Hey, it's going really well, John. Thanks for having me. So uh, before we get started, you know, it's a, it's a must that I ask this question. What are you drinking? Well, it's actually, uh, you know, it's fitting where I am, sitting here in Chicago, and uh, I've got a Goose Island summertime right now, so Ooh. feeling the seasonal, about ready to head over to a Cubs game. Oh. Um, so, you know, things are good, man. Things are real good. Hopefully the Cubs lose. Uh, <laughs> Which they will, I'm sure. <laughs> so I'm working, so... Yeah, I scrambled. I had to scramble and grab whatever I could find in my fridge. I've got a Nomad Pilsner by Great Divide. It's a local for for it's a for my area out here in Colorado. Uh, not bad, not bad. Nice. So, so thank you for buying into the this format and having a drink. Uh, I don't think we've had a whole lot of guests with drinks lately, and it's a little disappointing. So I knew I could trust the Wisconsin boy because you're from Wisconsin originally, right? That's exactly right. So, yeah, we, we had to, to break that streak by, by bringing in someone from Wisconsin. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't go over a lot of what you're doing. You're, yeah, you're director of social for PPC Associates. One of the crazy things you're going to have to explain. So you started and ran the largest social media advertising agency for the United States Congress? That's right. Actually, yeah. I what? started um, <laughs> when I was in D.C. I was actually a press secretary. And then I saw an opportunity in the United States House of Representatives to help uh, members of Congress, instead of spending money on glossy mail pieces, spend money on advertising on social media. Uh, much more effective uh, and 
and much more engaging and interactive dialogue than spending money on the mailers. So I worked with people not on their campaign. I always tell people I worked on with uh, Congressman John Smith and not John Smith for Congress. Gotcha. So I worked with them in their official capacity and helped uh, people connect uh, with their member of Congress uh, via social media. And yeah, it turned into a great business and uh, we had a lot of fun doing it. See, that's one of the that's definitely one of the more interesting backstories I've ever read for someone who's a, a guest on the show. So that, that is just that's just really really cool. I feel like we could have a whole episode just talking about yeah, I mean, I have, about that. I have a lot of interesting and funny stories, uh, but I think the most rewarding thing that happened to me, and social media people will appreciate this, is uh, I was an admin at the same time uh, on basically the leaders of the House on both sides of the aisle, uh, which is being pretty, which is pretty cool uh-huh. to look at their uh, Facebook uh, analytics and see how you know the different numbers and what people were saying and. Just having that access was pretty neat to compare as a nerd as I am. That is insane. That's insane. Um, now, it, again, we could talk about that all day. But I want there are a few things I want to make sure we talked about. Um, and there was there's a list of three things. But before I get there, I just want to touch on something real quick. Uh, you wrote a guest post for me. Anyone who hasn't read it, make sure you check out the show notes. It's called Facebook Unpublished Photo Posts. And a bidding duration reporting. So, so the thought it, for anyone not aware, um, an unpublished post in general is a post uh, that you create for the purpose of advertising. So it doesn't go in on your timeline. Doesn't uh, it doesn't go organically into the news feeds of your fans. You have to promote it with an ad to to get it into their news feeds. And you just you came up with some really because I've heard in general people seeing ridiculous results. I'm not really sure why it's happening. I don't know if you have any insight. Uh, in general, people seeing crazy results with their uh, unpublished posts, and so you provided a lot of really you know nice uh, uh, backup for that. You know some stats, looking at, at your own metrics. So, I mean, you want to provide a little background on, on what you did yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. And what you I mean, the post it was really you know the biggest thing I wanted to talk about in the post were uh, what uh, people see in reference to if you do nothing else, how long does something last in the news? Right. So the unpublished posts, you know, you you get it out there um, and you create them uh, and they're not public and you put them in uh, a desktop or mobile. And, I, you know, I think you can also put them on right hand side. Actually, a lot of people uh, will do that. And, yeah, um, yeah. So the thing that I wanted to answer, though, is, you know, if you're putting things in the newsfeed, right, which is a pretty intensive area for advertisers. How long does something last there? So how long does something last in terms of interaction, in terms of cost per click? And what I found in the data is that essentially, if you do nothing else, if you don't change the targeting and you keep it creative and everything the same and the bidding the same, um, in about a month or, or so, your cost per click will rise by 32%. And I've even seen, on average, I've even seen mm-hmm. more uh, extreme examples of this. So, you know, people where uh, some nothing has changed and um, their, you know, CPA, so the cost of they're paying to get a new customer has doubled in a month and a half. And I think a lot of that is, is if you, number one, if you're targeting less than like a million people, you have to really look at that frequency number on that we all, that we all see as Facebook advertisers, right? So 
what how many you know how many times has somebody seen this ad the general rule that i've heard from people at right. facebook um and it changes who you talk to but the general rule is that it shouldn't be seen more than eight times so if it's showing more more than eight hmm. times chances are you're not going to get a conversion or a good click out of that and that's kind of an interesting, interesting. tip for people the other interesting one on unpublished posts that I sort of got to in the post but didn't as well, or like started to but didn't totally go into, is um, you know interaction level of the posts and uh, the comments. And you know there's different schools of thought in the comments piece. I think a lot of people really worry about the comments. And I actually wrote a blog post um, a little while ago on Marketing Pilgrim about blog post comments and if you really should care about them. Um, and some people really think, you know, it's a newsfeed ad so people can comment on it. Does that have an effect? Um, and my, my theory is, one, it doesn't really have an effect because I don't really think people read comments. And number two, uh, the comments for you as an advertiser should be indicative of if your targeting works. So if your targeting is way too broad, mm -hmm. you're getting a lot of spam, you're getting people talking to you about a 599 flight to Bali <laughs> or something. You know that's going to be that shows that your targeting is way too broad, and you we've all seen it as advertisers in our newsfeed, right? And we look and we say, man, that ad's been running. There's like a 10 million comments, and it's just been running too long. And that's an example of what I think is a bad post. So it's kind of an interesting thing that I didn't get into in the post, but I think it's important to talk about when you talk about stuff in the newsfeed. Yeah. No, absolutely. So uh, to back up a little bit, you said uh, someone on Facebook told you. In terms of frequency and this is something i look at but i'm glad you mentioned this because there really is no uh hard and fast rule on it it's just kind of like you know what's your gut tell you is 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 a frequency that you need to avoid so they said eight now it's eight lifetime right it's not in a day it's eight it's lifetime, lifetime over the lifetime of the campaign um but you know i mean i've seen i have campaigns that are running and uh i've had you know 12 as a frequency over the last seven days and what that shows me is that mm -hmm. my targets are, are worn out. They've seen the ad way too much. Yeah. And so in general, my rule yeah. now, and this is probably, the frequency thing has been an answer to me for the how long does something last. And so my rule of thumb is no more than six uh, because I wanna mm -hmm. still have leeway. And so when it gets to six on my campaigns, uh, I generally then say, all right, you know what? It's time to come up with new targeting. And, uh, you know, we just hired a member of our team and primarily a big part of her job is to come up with targeting every day for refreshing different campaigns because we have so many different things running. Mm. So I think that is a really, you know, lookalikes are big, but targeting expansion is a really big deal and it can help you scale things a lot better if you do it well. You having success with lookalike audiences? Absolutely. I mean, lookalikes, I think, as a Facebook advertiser are the most powerful thing that they've come out with in the last six months. Um, so wow. they just, it's so accurate, you know, I mean, it's just such an accurate audience. The only problem is they wear out if you push them too hard. Right. And, and so for those who aren't aware of lookalike audiences, um, so you have custom audiences, you upload your customer, your offline customer list. So it could be your email list, your phone number list, UID list, whatever. Um, and Facebook matches those up to Facebook users so you can target them in ads, whether they're Facebook fans or not. And uh, so I found the custom audiences, first of all, <laughs> extremely successful. And I think in general, most people have. Um, so what the lookalike audience is, is Facebook matches those up, those actual customers up to 
uh, other Facebook users and tries to find either the top 1% or top 5% of users similar to those. Now, that begs the question, because this, this is a question I've never been able to answer. I don't know if you can. Uh, what are the factors they, they're matching up here to determine similarity? You have any idea? No, and you know I've talked to Facebook about this many times, and I, I, everyone, nobody knows. They really dance around it, uh, and so <laughs> my knowing previous other things. Looking at, I mean, one of the things that I read, and John, you and I have talked about this, is I read the Facebook developer blog a lot, um, and if yeah. you you can start to get a theme of how they think about things. It's very algorithmic, obviously, and so. My theory right. is that they have essentially, um, they have nodes of, of matching. So if you think about the ways that we have, the options we have available to us outside of targeting, we have age, gender, yeah. uh, light, you know, likes, where they were, all that type of stuff, right, that's available to us. And so my theory is they take that list and then they match the users against that list. Mm -hmm. So or they, you know, find similars that are within their audience there like that. So that's what I think is happening. But nobody, and I sort of brought that up, but nobody says yes or no. But I, because it's such a qualified audience, and that's it works really, really well. So there's yeah. got to be like a score that they have that the audience is 75% like the other one based off of age, gender, you know, likes and interests, obviously. Um, yeah. Because we've all been cataloging data for them based off of our interactions for years. So this is, I think, one of the ways they can blow that. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I, I feel like we've gone on a tangent here, but uh, I'm really curious what you found and how you guys do it. Because I haven't necessarily had the greatest results from lookalike audiences um, up until now. Uh, I focus almost exclusively uh, unless I'm trying to get likes, obviously, almost exclusively on custom audiences and my fans. Um, now, look like audiences. So when you when you use those, in addition to that, do you just trust those look like audiences, or that, or do you still filter more and do additional targeting on top of that? It depends on the campaign. So in some campaigns, a look like you know the look like audiences is you know what we want to try, and then we just layer in some really easy targeting to make sure that people are over 18. And I'll say that in lookalike audiences, mm. in reference to direct response, is where we've seen success. Um, obviously, targeting stuff to fans for engagement is going to make you, I mean, and to friends of fans, is going to be a different story than if you were trying to sell their product. But uh, the, yeah. the results that we've seen off of lookalike audiences, you know, we have had the best success with layering. So we'll take things like a lookalike audience that is a certain segment of their customer base. So let's say that, let's say if it's a subscription model business, we'll take the top 15% of their customers that pay that, you know, a pro, whatever, like a pro thing, mm -hmm. you know, like pro subscription sure. or whatever. Yeah. And then we layer that in with what else is their target audience. So they know that they're, this is an example I was just talking about with the client. They, uh, created a lookalike, and they know that their customers are 25 to 45 males. They know that. They also know that mm. um, they generally are into personal electronics. So then we layer in partner categories that are around personal electronics, um, and things like you know people who are like to buy you know gadgets and stuff like that. 
So th that's where we've seen right. the most success, and it works really well for a period of time, and then you know it starts to wear out. But yeah, I mean, it's it's been pretty fascinating to uh, to watch the success of that actually. You know that that makes a lot of sense because um you know my my email list isn't huge. It's uh like 8,000 and then of course when you when you upload it into Facebook it's a few thousand less than that but that's a mishmash of everything you know it's and I guess what would make a lot more sense is targeting only those top users who bought something of course that whittles it down even more but that's kind of the beauty of lookalike audiences is you can expand off of that so it's absolutely something I need to try and for those who don't know lookalike audiences can only create those within power editor if you don't use power editor sign up for my training program that's a good idea yeah cheers <laughs> that's right uh, so shifting gears a little bit away from that there's some big news last week or so uh, I think Facebook's real excited about it anyone who owns Facebook stock is probably excited about it it's re regarding mobile and some of the results uh, that they're seeing there, they announced on their earnings call. Uh, turns out, mobile's here on Facebook. I mean, what yeah, are you seeing? Yeah, absolutely. Seeing? I mean, I think you know the. They said something about you know majority of their revenue is now coming from from mobile. And I think at first glance, a mm -hmm. Facebook advertiser would say, "Oh, it's pretty obvious that a lot of that is from mobile app install ads," because I, I've been seeing a lot of those on my smartphone or my iPad. But uh, the the interesting thing here is that I saw probably in early June, a shift of mobile performing a lot better. Um, end of May, early June. Mm. Mobile specifically, you know, just ads that, that are dark, uh, unpublished posts, um, put those in there, and even unpublished links working really well um, on mobile. And so I, what I actually think happened, and this is just my, you know, I mean, it's just a thought, but I think they changed the algorithm to start producing better results and showing more ads on mobile um, so that they could have this mm -hmm. earnings call where they said, we started rocking on mobile in this quarter. Because uh, previous to that, it wasn't really that, it really wasn't, it didn't perform any better. And if you actually go, you know, I mean, it's a very non-scientific study, um, but if you go on your, uh, desktop newsfeed, and you scroll for uh, two minutes, and you count the number of advertisements you see in your newsfeed. You're probably going to get about three, is my guess, right? If you go for the same amount of time, and you do it on your mobile device, between mobile app installs, unpublished links, and unpublished photo posts, you're probably going to get six. So hmm. my point is, is that they're tripling. I mean. You, there's just people are flooding that market, and I think they're showing a lot more ads there. Um, and I don't know if that's just sure. an interesting fact to bring up. Uh, and mobile's all you know, it's just performing yeah. a lot better. So, yeah. I, to those of you out there that haven't tried it, I would definitely right. give it a shot. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because um, what's funny is that I mean, dating back to when we could start targeting mobile only, and when we were all focused on the wrong numbers, I, I include myself. I was looking at oh that optimized CPM is really high for mobile, um, and it was like it was, it was a while back, and but not really thinking about what's the CPA, what's the cost per action, what's the cost per install or uh, uh, desired page view or whatever action it is you're looking for, and when you start looking at it in those terms, it's extremely efficient. It's uh, in a lot of cases more efficient than desktop newsfeed, 
and um, which is one reason why I'm partially surprised that they're doing so well uh, in terms of the revenue from mobile because I've, I've heard all these stories about people focusing on mobile because it is so much more efficient. And if it, if it was too efficient, I guess the revenue wouldn't be going up. But maybe it's just that perfect balance at this point where it's like, yeah, it's great, so everybody's doing it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I uh, have really cranked it up for a client this week, um, and I'm seeing exactly the same number of conversions come through on mobile than on desktop. Yeah. And they launched a mobile landing page this week too, which is why we launched those specifically. But that's that's where we see it, you know? And so it's performing right alongside it, and the average value of the customer is the same over time. So it's very interesting. I mean, yeah, I think as uh, the, the thing that we can talk about with report, I mean, in the dark post or unpublished uh, post that I did on your blog, that I think a lot of people should look at is Facebook rolled out new reports like two weeks ago. and. Uh, and those of us that have, you know, some actually, some people don't have them yet. Um, and I know, John, you've written a lot about the reports. Right. Uh, and I think one thing that's very fun to look at is looking at, the, if you've been running ads, looking at the delimination between mobile and then desktop, and then desktop right-hand side and desktop newsfeed and what the difference looks like. Because um, the difference that I've seen in almost every single account is that Newsfeed mobile is actually cheaper for selling products. That is than, crazy. And yeah, and see, this is what I'm saying that I think there's been a big shift. Because previously, that was not the case. I had yeah. a client that was doing optimized CPM, mobile only, and they were paying, like you said, it was crazy high optimized CPM. So we switched to CPC, also didn't work, and that was like in early May. So, you know, I think they've made a huge shift here. Yeah. And I think. This is a big thing that people should try. And if you have a mobile landing page as an advertiser, yeah. I think that's a really good thing to give a shot to. to just try that mobile newsfeed. It's a very powerful tool. I'm glad you brought up the uh, the new ad reporting. I want I want to talk about that in a minute, but hold that thought. Um, I think you brought up a really good point about the the mobile landing pages and, and selling in general. This is why I'm surprised. So um, within the last week, uh, about a week plus. As, as we know, as I keep pushing it, uh, open up this new uh, training program. And when I launched it and I created a post promoting it to my Facebook fans, created a dark post, pr you know, promoted all that stuff with an ad. And I can't, I don't even recall if I immediately focused only on desktop. I think I may have with the assumption that it just wouldn't do well on mobile. And I say do well. I, I might get clicks, but that type of transaction, we're not talking about just a page view or subscribing to a newsletter. We're talking about a purchase. Uh, I just expected that people would be less likely to purchase via mobile. Uh, now, that may come down to whether or not the, the, the landing page is mobile friendly. I should probably take a closer look at that. Um, but it's just making what you're telling me is making me completely rethink my approach there and uh, probably kind of re retest whether or not I get those same results out of mobile. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's yeah, I agree, and I think a lot. I I was in that same camp too, John. I mean, I think a lot of people were sort of. I mean, I'm very guilty of saying, you know what, let's just send it to all places. You know, yeah. see what happens. And um, it didn't. It wasn't a huge difference before, but uh, I just actually looked at another account um, with one of my account managers. 
and found that uh, we were looking, we were targeting the desktop and mobile together because they uh, have, have a landing page um, that's optimized for mobile. If, if you want to go that route, it automatically redirects you to there. But uh, out of the 5,000 clicks that they've seen over the last seven days, 3,300 of those are going to mo are from mobile. Hmm. So, and then we're not bidding any differently or anything. I mean, it's the same thing. My point is, is that it's it's driving a lot more, and I think that's being rewarded. So, you know, if it's not something you've done to try, I think it's definitely worth it yeah. uh, because people are purchasing on mobile. Absolutely. Yeah, that's crazy. I think this is an example of having knowledge that forces you to re to to overthink things, right? So, I think based on what I've known before that it's not going to work on mobile, so I don't even try. Whereas a lot of people just, you know, ignorantly, it's like, ah, just throw it out there, whatever. And that's probably what I should have done. Um, that Now, shifting back uh, to, and this, this will stay really closely connected, um, and you were talking a little bit about this with the ad reports, and I've kind of advocated this as well, and I may have violated this own recommendation, uh, that you should create a very broad ad to start, especially in terms of placement um, and, and even a little bit in terms of targeting when it comes to countries because of this ad reporting and how awesome it is. Because um, within it, just like if you try not to make any assumptions what's going to happen um, when you create that ad in terms of the, the, the countries you target and the placement because the ad reports will tell you what is performing and what's not. So you may be surprised by what you find. With that one ad, they'll break it down according to how it's performing on mobile and desktop newsfeed and desktop sidebar uh, in certain countries. And when I say performing, I'm even saying cost per action, cost per conversion. Um, it's just incredibly powerful stuff. I'm so excited about it. I mean, how are you using it? Absolutely. I mean, I think your strategy of starting big and then finding learnings on it is a really good one to do. Um, and then I think, so that's that's the first thing. So I totally agree with you. And I think you'll be surprised at what you learn. And even the thing that I've been finding is looking, you know, on top of the placement stuff, looking at gender and age age range is super fun too. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, it's I get shocked, you know, on certain things. I'm like, there's this really startup-y product that we work with, and it's like a consumer electronics thing, and the largest purchasing audience is 45 and over. Mm. And I'm like, I would have never thought of that, right? I mean, not that, I just, it's just not what my initial feeling was. I was like, well, this is obviously gonna be something for people that are, you know, like, wanna kinda, are in a different space, and I was just wrong. So I think you're right about starting broad and gaining learnings because that money that you spend will ultimately help you grow that over time and be more smart in your spend and help you scale what you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one reason I'm, I was so excited about releasing a, a paid product, because I don't get a lot of opportunities to use conversion tracking for, for something like that. And uh, so I immediately dove in and these these new ad reports, oh, it's like I'm like a kid in a candy store looking at all this stuff. So. I, what was so amazing to me, so first of all, 25 to 34, awesome. 34 to 45, awesome. U.S., pretty much you know, my best market. No offense to Australia, U.K., Canada, who are all great. Um, and But holy cow, what I was seeing, when, when I was able to optimize, I was getting a dollar per conversion. 
We're talking about a product that was released at seventy three dollars and fifty cents, cost me a dollar each time. Just yeah. ridiculous because you can learn these things so quickly and and adjust so easily. Yeah, and I think you know when you get into it with people too, then looking further in that and looking at which ones are view based conversions and which one are click based conversions, right? Mm. And so yes, I forgot check, about that. Yes, checking out the difference between because that's one thing that a lot of people look at and say, man, I got really good conversions. And a lot of times what happens is you get a you get someone that clicks on your ad and then they convert later. And yes. you're, you you can't see it because if you have, let's say you're tracking via Google Analytics, right? right. And I have an ad that I've created that has andrewfoxwell.com backslash, uh, you know, question mark source, whatever, blah, 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 the GA parameters you have on it, you know, those get, those don't get included because, you know, you, you kind of can't check it out because they're gone. So you know that they started there, but you don't know where they ended. So this actually goes into another topic that John, you and I were kind of going to talk about, which is looking at some of the Google Analytics stuff of how you can really start to paint a better picture of what Facebook's doing for you um, with Google Analytics. But we can get into that in a minute if you want to. Cheers. Man, I think uh, we might have to save that topic for another day. But because I really want to talk about the, a point you just brought up. Uh, it was the view-based and the click-based yep. uh, conversion. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. That was a topic I was going to write about because it's something I stumbled upon. I didn't even realize it was there because um, like, you're right. When you when you look in those ad reports, you see conversion and cost per conversion. You're like, wow, that's crazy. But you can actually drill down. I don't even remember. Is it within the ad manager part when, when you click into it to view more details? I don't remember where it was or it broke it broke apart. Yeah, it's you can see it within... Um the advanced if you go into that you can break it down by that yeah. um, and you can also uh, break it down um, with within the actual report itself and I'm gonna get the exact place that you can look at that yeah look, look um, like. so, so let me explain to everyone who's maybe not following along so yeah you get this list of how many conversions you got but you know through using conversion uh, offsite pixel you know sale a lead whatever it is uh, but what I did not understand immediately was these weren't all people who clicked on your ad and then converted. Um, they also included people who were served your ad and later converted because they could track that as well. So you can split those apart because uh, to be honest, the, the view based, you got to be a little skeptical of those results because yes, that may have led to it. They may not. Have seen, I just, I'm just not a person who really trusts trust the whole reach metric in general because it's like we don't know if they actually saw it they were served it right they were given an impression doesn't mean a whole lot but if they clicked it and led to conversion then you know it was because of the ad um and what i've found at least so far is that and i was happy to find this out vast majority though of what i'm seeing has been click-based conversion um but that's great yeah it's something that absolutely sh you should be looking at um to to get a, a, a fuller picture of whether or not um, that ad is working yeah, and I, I think you know a lot of people that I talk to is when when you as an as a advertiser on Facebook you're you know you, you know that Facebook's helping you right so you look at that click base conversion you look at that zero to twenty four hour click base and that's a really genuine number those are people that came they clicked they converted I think another thing to look at though is that one thing that Facebook does is it helps you find customers that have an extremely high um, lifetime value. So they're really good customers. They're great leads. 
and they're really good people that are going to be with you for a long time. So, you know, that those view-based conversions, while they might not be a something that you want to track um, on a daily basis, they want to be, they are important because they are showing, it's showing you, you know, that Facebook is contributing. Oh, sure. In, in a way that is sort of, that is, uh, I think, a lot bigger than people realize. Yeah. And so, you know, trying to find customers where you can in that lifetime value piece is, I think, really important. Right. It, but I think it is important, though, to separate the two because... Absolutely. We're, we're, one, it's clearly the driver of your, your conversion. The other one is a little fuzzier. It, it may or may not have been. So, But it's still absolutely important to know. Last call. Um, and unfortunately, I think we're out of time here. I know that you've got to catch the Cubs losing today. Uh, you got to take <laughs> off. So I've just uh, I've asked the bartender for our tab. I'll take care of you this time, my friend. Uh, you got to get me next time. All right, sounds good. Well, thank you, and thanks to everybody for uh, for listening in. You bet. So let everybody know where can they find you. Yeah, so if uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Andrew Foxwell, uh, that's sort of your channel, um, or you can email me at Andrew at ppcassociates.com, um, and let me know if I can help in, in any questions that you have. Awesome. Well, I love getting into the geeky stuff, Andrew, so that's why I had so much fun having you on the show today. Welcome back anytime. We'll have to make sure to get you another guest post. Great. Thanks. All right. Take care. Oh boy, that was fun. So Andrew Foxwell, fellow Wisconsin boy, hates the Cubs, loves Facebook ads metrics. Really don't get any better than that, does it? So make sure you check the show notes. There's been all kinds of good stuff in there. Um, that, that was one of my, my favorite episodes. i got to admit it. I love getting geeky. So still, I'm still working on my beer because I did so much talking because I got, I got excited with that one. Um, just a reminder, make sure you check out my training program. If, if, if you are at all confused about any of the talk of this crazy stuff you can do within Power Editor creating ads, I can help you. Guaranteed it. So uh, check the show notes for that program. Get half off now. Um, otherwise, my friend, you are my friend. I consider you a friend if you've been here this long. <laughs> no one else listens to me this long. Uh, if you like the show, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Really, really appreciate it. Um, that's, I mean, that's how we're going to get more and more people listening to this thing. Let's make it one big happy pub. All right, so enjoy this show. I hope you did too. Until next time, do awesome things. I'm out.